Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they are offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is August 12th. We're just about a, an hour or so post the uh, the most recent Orlando Magic Summer League game against the Celtics. Um, what's up, Bal? What's going on, man? What is up? Man, it feels like it's been a minute since we've recorded. It has. We skipped one week, and in my mind, it feels like we haven't recorded in at least a month. <laughs> yeah, so if you guys don't know the reason why we skipped this past week, Al and I thought it'd be a great idea to go to the NBA draft party over at the Amway Center. Um, and we got smacked in the face with COVID. Like, I'm talking smacked. Yes, we did. And the funny part is we rough. were there with some friends. We were there with our wives. And if, I don't know what the heck happened, but everyone got COVID out of, out of that. We all um, got it. Huh? We all got it. Yeah, Correct. yeah. So it, it's been a, a rough week and a half. We're, we're trying to bounce back. You know, we, we truly did not want to miss last week's episode, but also didn't want to give you guys a half-ass effort and you know and just show up to do do a show so we missed a week but trust me we'll, we'll catch you guys up on all the happenings that took place over the last uh, week and a half yeah so uh this episode we're gonna definitely talk about nba summer league but we're gonna include some of the um uh, free agent signings that we didn't get a chance to kind of review um that we'll we'll kind of jump into that pretty we'll, we'll do that now We'll jump let's, into that. Next. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so let, yeah, let's just jump right into it. So uh Magic Decide, you know, we we made a not really a splash, it wasn't a big splash. Might be like uh what what's that ride at Disney? Splash Mountain Splash Mountain. Yes, Damn, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm born and raised in Orlando. This is, this is like information that I, I should know, but I'm not really my my Disney knowledge game really isn't isn't all there. So but I can guarantee right. you it's going to get much better by the end of next season. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm thinking the same, man, because the, the player that we decided to sign um, is a Disney expert, man. Robin Lopez. We signed Robin Lopez to a one-year deal 
five million dollars. Um, so first and foremost, man, what are your what are your initial thoughts, Robin Lopez? So listen, he's he's a guy that fits. He's a vet, third string center. I know I've seen the reactions when we first signed him was, oh, he's here to take minutes away from Obamba, and he's here to be the backup. He deserves minutes. Listen, he's thirty three years old. He knows what he's signing up for. He lives in Orlando. He actually lives in a Disney community uh, near Disney. So that's how much of a fan he is. He wants to be home. And I, I'm pretty sure the front office, they made it clear when they went to free agency, they were going to be clear and upfront with their free agent recruits. And they were going to say, hey, this is what your role is going to be. You can sign in if you want to, or you can simply move on to the next opening out there, the next mm-hmm. job. So I really feel like he's here to lead the way, lead uh, Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba into whatever they're going to become. But that's his role, is to be here in case of an injury and be a third-string center. But really good vet, plays hard, nothing negative out of any team that he has played in in the past. Um, and his brother's, and his brother's an NBA champion, so that always that also helps. He, he brings a little bit of that knowledge from the Milwaukee Bucks. He played for them a few years back. Um, so, I, I mean, it's not a splashy signing by any means, but it gets the job done. We needed a backup center. Hey, there he is. Nobody should be mad with this signing. Like not one person should be upset, frustrated. It's exactly what we needed. We ended up signing a a veteran and a team that has definitely a lot of young rosters. You're adding a veteran to that. Now people may say, you know, why why did we sign him? Why didn't we sign a vet like you know Paul Millsap? Why didn't we sign Isaiah Thomas? That guy's relaxed. All right. <laughs> um, it, Give kudos to the Magic front office that were, at the very least, open and honest uh, with their free agent candidates and saying that, listen, we're going to put a priority on player development, which will include giving them the the major focus, the major um, uh, burning of minutes. Um, And I think that, you know, a player like uh, Robin Lopez, that he's made it abundantly clear, like this dude is a diehard, or a Disney fanatic that he's given an opportunity where he can be a veteran. He'd be here close to his home that he owns here. And I mean, this dude is really a fanatic of Disney. Like I had no idea. Like it was at the level that's at, um, at the same time, man, he's, he's a vet vet. He's played over 900 games in the NBA. His career stats, 8.8 points a game, total rebounds, five rebounds a game. So, um, he's not going to take away the minutes from from Moen and Wendell Carter, but it's a big body. Like he's not he's not a little pushover either. Like he's going to be throwing elbows and bruises in those practices, and if something were to happen, because we've already experienced that with Wendell and with Mobamba, injuries do happen, and he is someone that you can at least rely on um, to really play that that center role for us. And and just from from a vet standpoint. You know, and from what I've read and what I've heard, you know, he's definitely a really good locker room guy. So I I support it. The part that kind of confuses me a little bit is uh, ESPN. They kind of gave their their accolades or their their awards for free agent signing. And they listed Robin Lopez signing to the Magic as the worst fit out of all the free agent signings. God, ESPN, they absolutely love like whatever chance they get to kind of like, you know, throw a little gut punch to the Magic. They, they take advantage of it and they do it. Why is why is Robin Lopez a bad fit for the Magic? Why that is that the mean, worst fit? It may be a bad fit for Robin Lopez because, you know, Duso got some gas in the tank. 
you know, why is he playing third fiddle to, you know, the the two centers that we have? But it's not a bad fit for us. Exactly. Yes, we ain't got to chill. That makes no sense. I mean, when when, it, when that graphic came out, I'm like, what? What? Why? Like, I want to know the reasoning behind it. Not just, uh, not just don't just throw it out there. Like, tell me why you think that's the case. Because again, we have an opening as a third. We needed a third string center. We that's that's a known fact. We needed a vet, and like you mentioned, Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba have histories of injuries. So this guy may may have signed up to be a third string center, but he might get a lot of burn. And God forbid that happens. We want to see those young guys healthy. But if things do go wrong again for any reason, he's going to get a lot of minutes. So, again, he's staying home too. So, I don't know. I don't see how that's the worst fit uh, by any means. I think, if anything, he got lucky to, to stay home, get paid a good salary too. It's not like we paid him the minimum salary. We're paying him $5 million to come in and lead a group of young guys. I don't I don't get it. Dude, I mean, the Lakers, they ended up like signing a whole entire basketball team this offseason. Not one of them players were bad fits. We're really looking at Robin Lopez. It just didn't make sense. Uh, again, I feel like every chance that ESPN gets, other than if it has something to do with Jalen Suggs, you know, it's again a, a gut punch to to the Orlando Magic. But I'm excited for the pit for the for the signing. I think that it's it's at least a a decent fit for, you know, what we we're expecting. And again, if you were expecting more, yeah, I can see why people would want um, a player like Paul Millsap. But at the same time, those players they feel like they they have a lot to give. You know, and and right now we're not able to provide that. And dude, we're paying what five mil? We're paying five mil, five mil, one year. Like That's what I'm saying, it's a bargain. Yeah. Now, um, they also announced that the Orlando Magic will be bringing back Mo Wagner on a two-year deal. Now that's something that I think got us all excited. Yeah, some some people were kind of questioning, like. You know, now that we have Robin Lopez, why would we have Mo Wagner? But Vognar, uh, Mo Wagner, he showed that he can. He's a little versatile. He can play in both the the four and the five. He is a big body. Um, but I thought that he played really, really well for us last year. Um, and the fact that you know this is obviously the brother of now Franz Wagner, our eighth pick in the NBA draft. Um, now, so now we got the the Wagner brothers. Um, and I think that that would be a really good transition. Um, for Franz or at least support in his transition. Um, and I know that they're still, I mean, we don't know exactly who's going to have that that number 21 because uh, Franz ended up taking Mo Wagner's jersey number. But I think it was a really uh, solid return. And I'm excited to have Mo Wagner back on the roster. Yeah. I mean, I think it goes to show when, when teams are struggling down at the end of the season and they they sign these, these players to come in and kind of just play basketball and, and get through the season. It pays off when you play well, because I think Mo Wagner came in and, and put up some decent numbers with the Magic, played hard, showed something that the fan base enjoyed watching, and the front office apparently agreed, and he's back. So it shows that those those games mean something, even though to us fans, they're so tough to watch, because all we're doing is hoping for lose for the team to lose. But hey, it paid off for him, and I'm happy that that's the case, because in my opinion, he deserved it. I think I personally wanted him back, and then once we drafted his brother, even more. He made so much more sense uh, to have him back. Um, same thing as kind of Robin Lopez, though. I don't expect much from him. I don't think he'll play a lot of minutes. Again, if our team stays healthy, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Chuma Okiki, France Wagner, I think those guys are going to get most of the run at the three and four. But then again, God forbid injuries happen. You have a guy there that can step in and at least play hard for us and, and show some grit on the court. Yeah, he's still a pretty young player. He played 11 games for us last season. Um, average 11 points with us, average about 26 minutes or so. So he's already familiar with the roster. 
again, he's when he plays, he's impactful. Um, he had a really, really solid stretch in in international play with with Germany. So I'm excited to have him back, and it's definitely a really good addition. Now the Magic also announced that they waived fan favorite Dwayne Bacon, who ended up signing with the New York Knicks literally the next day. Um, so shocker, right? No, definitely not a shocker. We all knew that this dude was a Steve Clifford guy. Um, he is a a volume shooter mm-hmm. that um I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm a okay with him not being on the roster. Um, it's just not what we need. It's not what we need. Um yeah. and we already have like an abundance of FSU players, so we do. What do you know what's funny? I, I found well, surprising not necessarily in abundance, but you know, I was kind of thinking like, man, if we really end up picking Scotty Barnes, like damn, they're they're gonna call us the Orlando Seminoles. That's right. <laughs> But guess what? I, I found it surprising that people reacted to this and said that they didn't expect this move. They were kind of sh- surprised that, that that we waived them. I kind of knew this since the season ended. Like, again, we, we drafted, we were going to draft some guards. We already had Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, RJ Hampton. Where are the minutes coming from? Like, you, you got to waive somebody in that position. So, again, his contract was not guaranteed this season, and we let him go. I, I wasn't shocked by that. Um, Knicks fans, though, I, I feel bad for them. Now they have to deal with Evan Fournier and Dwayne, Dwayne Bacon. Scott Perry, um, <laughs> man, he loves his Orlando Magic players, bro. Oh, man. He loves um, Orlando Magic players. I don't know what it is about the Orlando Magic, like leftovers that makes him feel so comfortable with, with signing. Um, but that dude loves bringing Orlando Magic players to to the Big Apple. Man, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say the one move they made that I really like is Kemba Walker in New York. I think that's going to be fun to watch. And hopefully he can stay healthy. He's going to make the team completely different than what they had built through free agency. Other than that, man, they made some random moves that I was not a fan of, including Evan Fournier going there. But um, Dwayne Bacon is also going to be at MSG now. So that's going to be fun to watch. Um, best of luck to him. You know, nothing bad to say about him. Just not a guy that fits with what we're doing. Um, he wants to put up shots. He wants to score the ball. Unfortunately, in our team, we have other guys that, in my opinion, deserve that opportunity right now. Yeah, and it looked like he had a really good relationship with RJ Hampton. So he uh, he had posted that he was going to miss him and whatnot. Um, but, you know, good luck in New York. Magic also decided after um, after Summer League game that, listen, we're going to sign Ignas Brazdikas, our two-way player that we, uh, we ended up uh, bringing on board last season, and we are deciding to re-sign him um, as a two-way contract. How do you like that move? Again, similar to uh, Mo Wagner, it just shows that, again, those meaningful games meant something to the front office. They were looking at players because this is a guy that came in, I think, within the last two weeks of the season. Uh, and same thing, put up some decent numbers, hit some shots, played tough. Um, and apparently they like what they've, what they've seen from him uh, in the summer league as well. Um, I don't mind it. You know, that two-way roster spot is for that guy that needs to come in in case things have gone completely south, lots of injuries. They got to step up and play. I think Ignis is a guy that has proven that he can he can play in the NBA. Um, I just really hope that second two-way contract goes to a player that, let me just say straight up, man, just shoots the ball, and that's all he does. Because I still think in our roster we don't have a shooter, a guy that can just come in and, and put up shots and, and be a shot maker. Um, so I hope we bring a guy like Devin Kennedy who we'll see what happens. I know he hurt his ankle. He's healthy now it hey, seems like you're you're on that Devin you're not giving up on Devin Kennedy no I'm not man the reason being is again 
even now through summer league, which we'll talk about right now, I still see the team with a lot of names that they can score the ball, but they're known to be shooters. And I think we need a guy that can just make shots in this team. I don't know, man. I feel like our our front office they really don't value the the two way player because they they swap them out like left and right. Obviously, you know, last season we saw more of that because injuries kind of just impacted you know the two way players left and right. Um, but even even the time frame, uh, what what was the name of the two way player that we had that we we're investing in? What was his name? Uh, Kareem Mane. Kareem Mane. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it, it, I felt for a moment like. You know they they were at least gonna like have that strategy for that one two way player that they wanted to develop and wanted to grow, um, and it seemed that way with Karim, and then when they decided to drop him, it was kind of like okay, so and, and granted last year was it's a little different man because we we really like struggled with with injuries and we we're really trying to yeah trying to at least have enough players on the floor, um, but I, I just wish that we could really see you know us being able to utilize that two-way as a, dev, a developmental tool. Um, and who knows, man? Iggy is is still is still young. He's 22 years old. So, you know, hopefully that that is a player that, you know, they see that, you know, they're able to develop. And that's another Michigan cat. Um, so that's that's what? Three three Michigan players? Three now, now yeah. And we like our, our – our university is like connecting like that. It's crazy. It's crazy. All right, man. So so let's talk summer league. All right. We're finally here. We waited a long time. What well, feels like a long time after we drafted Jalen Suggs. We're like, man, what, what can this player really do? And man, did we get to see the action? All right. So first game, NBA Summer League. The Magic ended up taking on the Golden State Warriors, where we got a chance to see um uh, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. And man, what a game. It was fun. Game was amazing. Game was amazing. Like everything about that game was fun to watch. I can't remember the last time I was hyped to see a summer league game. Long story short, you guys already know Magic ended up winning um against the Warriors 89 to 91 in overtime. But Jalen Suggs kind of it was a Jalen Suggs show. It was. My man, my man took over. Out of out of all the NBA lottery picks, you know, Jalen Suggs kind of led the way. Um, and you know, people, people were were kind of putting a lot of pressure, it seemed like. Scotty Barnes had a really good game, his first his his debut, and you know, the 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 comparisons and the um the the Raptors fan base, you know, they're kind of throwing now all of a sudden their major Scotty Barnes fan, which you know, I get it. But uh it, it seems it seems like man, Jalen Suggs when when this man was on the court, easily by far the best player on the floor. Easily. Yeah. I mean what, what were some of the things that you saw in that game that, that impressed you about Jalen? I mean, simple stuff, man. Like he just he looked like the best player out there, without a doubt, you know, on both ends of the floor. That's that's the biggest thing. You can not only say, Oh, he scored the ball well or he rebounded the ball well, he did it all. He played amazing defense on the offensive end. He was efficient. He he did the right things, shot the ball well. I mean, look at the stat line, 24 points, nine rebounds, three blocks, which, by the way, should have been more like five blocks, but he got called for some random fouls that were questionable. Two steals and one assist. I mean, the assist numbers for a point guard were kind of low, but if I, if I got a nitpick or something, it would have been that. But other than that, man, his block to, to send the game to overtime was insane. 
And then in overtime, he just demanded the ball, said, give me the ball, I'm going to win this game. And he did just that, whether it was the right pass, the right the right defensive play, or making shots when it mattered. Uh, I mean, in that first game, <clears throat> without a doubt, he looked like the best player out there. Yeah, they they I feel like in almost every interview this man has done, they've always brought up the whole, you know, what 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 traits from from football do you think will kind of carry over to, you know, the basketball floor? And, you know, I, I heard his responses and you know, you you really you really don't see it until you you see it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like this dude is just he's physical, man. Uh six foot four, two hundred and five pounds. Like this dude really knows how to use his body. Um, what impressed me the most is his rebounding ability. Um, mm-hmm. I really didn't have like a major exposure to to Jalen Suggs um, from college or even when we were doing research. I really didn't. Jalen Suggs falling to us didn't even cross my mind. Yep. Not even a little bit. I thought he was a sure shot at four. Um, so being able to like finally see a full game um, was awesome because this is really. And the dude is a two-way player, man. He puts just as much emphasis on the defensive end as he does on the offensive end. Um, and it, it felt like every shot that he took looked good. Every opportunity that he had to kind of get his team involved, he did. You know, it, his stats that game was only one assist, but, you know, he still made a lot of really good plays to get everyone else involved. Um, so his his defensive presence, his offensive presence, and his media presence, like, like after that game, everyone was talking about Jalen Suggs. Yep. Everybody was talking about Jalen Suggs. He was on the jump. People are on social media saying he's going to be one of the best players in the draft. Like it was his nonstop Jalen Suggs support. And for the first time in what seems like a very, very long time, you know, you're you're hearing great things about the Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic have a direction now. They have a culture. They have now a um, a captain to lead the ship. Like there's so many different things that people are saying ab- about the magic in a positive light that it's it, for Omic felt like a little overwhelming. Nah, not, not overwhelming at all. Give us roses. We want it. <laughs> now, let me ask you that. Do, do, do you agree with that statement? Do you think sucks? It's going to be that guy that leads the way. Do you think we got a hundred percent, bro? Yeah. Hundred and and so so one of the biggest things that people are saying is like relax is it's one game. I get that. I get that we shouldn't over exaggerate after one summer league game. I get it. But dude, this is something that we've been missing for a really, really long time. And you know certain things. Like if you watch basketball, you know certain things are gonna translate into you know that actual NBA game. Um, and it's hard not to get excited. It really is hard. Um, and let it be known, like, he's he's a great player. This is not a player that's going to replace Markel Fultz. One of the things that I've, I've heard other people, and, and, and granted, this is stuff that people are saying outside of, you know, the Magic community. They're saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, they need to pay Markel Fultz. They have to trade one of their guards. No, they don't. But y'all see on that side. Yeah, you know, Markel Fultz and Jalen Suggs, the way that they play, they can play together. So y'all mm-hmm. need to relax. All right. Now, as great as things that we've seen from Jalen Suggs, what were your reactions to Franz Wagner? In that first game, he looked a little bit sh- surprised to be on the court at the NBA speed, the way the game was being played. He did not look comfortable out there. 
Um, <clears throat> now, as the game went on, I saw better things from him. I saw him get better defensively. He did a much better job in the fourth quarter and in overtime against Kaminga, <clears throat> who's a tough matchup for him. He's a strong guy, physical, a uh, good NBA height. And he handled him well in the fourth quarter and in overtime. But early in the game, again, he struggled to shoot the ball. He struggled to finish around the rim and struggled defensively. But as the game went on, he felt more comfortable. Um, but you can see the things that we were all surprised by when we picked him. He doesn't look like a finished or a ready NBA player quite yet. And when he is playing well, he looks limited. Again, you can see his defensive potential. He can cut really well to the basket and back backdoor cuts and stuff like that that are, are little things that translate to the NBA game. But unfortunately, you don't see that, that splashiness to him. You don't see that potential that a guy like Kuminga has. That You just see him in the fast break and finishing a dunk. You're like, man, like that kid can be special. You cannot say the same thing about Wagner. Uh, I think even when he develops fully, he's a good role player. He knows his game. Um, but I was not wowed by him by any means. Uh, how about you? Yeah, so he obviously struggled. Scored five points. He was two for me from the field goal, zero for six from the three-point line. He struggled, um, and it did not look pretty at all. Um, at the same time, like, here, here's when it, when it comes to Franz Wagner, we know what we're getting. I'm not going to necessarily say that he's a project um, because he's not like projects that we've had before in the past, um, but I will say that if you're expecting for – for him to compete against the caliber of skill that, you know, Jalen Suggs has, you're going to be yeah, disappointed. No. All right. Um, Jonathan Kaminga looked good, man. Like he looked, Moses Moody looked good. Like they, they balled out. Like they, I, I feel like when it comes to Jonathan Kaminga, uh, people made it seem like this dude was not ready right now. And to me, he looked a lot better than what people made it seem. Um, if he would have fell to eight, my oh God, my God, that would have that would have <clears throat> been amazing. Reality is, it's not what happened. We got Franz Wagner. Now, I like what I see from Franz Wagner, and you know we're going to talk about game two in a few minutes. Game two, he definitely played a lot better. Game one, he just seemed like, and, and granted, man, it's a it's a big moment. It's your you're welcome to the NBA. It's in the summer league. He is matching up against a player like Jonathan Kaminga. He hasn't played a game, you know, since his the the last real five on five game game he had. He was wearing a Michigan uh Michigan uniform. Yep. Um. So I expected for there to be nerves. Um. I was surprised by the fact that it was just it was just bad. It was like bad from beginning to end. But we did some see some good things. He did some good things on the defensive end. Um. We got to see that he does have the the really good lateral feet. Um, he portrayed that, you know, defensively is where it's going to be the bread and the butter for him. Um, so the, as as much as we say, you know, we we shouldn't put too much on how great Jalen Suggs did for it being game one. Um, it, I would say the same thing about Franz. Like, all right, game one was bad, but we're not going to like just cross him out the whole entire rookie season because he had a bad summer league game. Who remembers summer league? That's not honest. at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I I remember a little bit, but you know, not not the 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 everyday casual fan. They're not they're not remembered anything that happens in summer league, and and we know that you know this this there's gonna meet there's gonna there's gonna be a need for some type of development, and luckily we have a coaching staff that are supposed to be you know experts in that field. So 
Um, I'm curious to see kind of how he progresses along the way. Now, something that was a little disappointing, I'll be honest, is, um, you know, Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton. I, I was, I'm disappointed with their level of play. I, I felt like RJ Hampton had an okay game. Um, I was expecting a little bit more. There was so much hype about him being six foot seven, six foot six, whatever. Um, he looked like his shot did improve a little bit. Um, Cole Anthony, I'm disappointed, man. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened. What, what were your thoughts on Cole and RJ? Yeah. So like you mentioned, RJ for sure is shooting the ball a little better. His shot looks a lot more compact, faster release than it did back uh, when the season ended. So that's a good sign. Um, Cole looks like Cole. I just think his shots are not falling at this moment. Uh, I mean, we're talking about game one right now, so I'll stick to just that. But in that game, the shots were not falling. He had some good looks. But in good Cole Anthony fashion, also, he forced some things. He forced his way to the basket, trying to euro step his way against a 7-2 guy. That never ends well. Um, I, I, I don't think the offense at this moment, it's in a way where we're using our four guys, our four core guys right now, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, Suggs, and Wagner in a good way. I honestly feel like they're saying, hey, go out there, show me what you got. And they're taking turns one-on-one, creating and doing something with the ball. And that's not how we're going to get the best out of these young guys. We, we need to, to get some backdoor cuts, some, some screens, uh, something. And I don't think that, I haven't seen that. And I'm talking not only about one game right now, I'm talking through all the games that we've played so far, including the Celtics game tonight. And I think that's impacting the way that the young guys are looking out there. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, RJ and Cole, in my opinion, I expected these guys to drop easily 15, 20 points a night because they have NBA experience. RJ Hampton was a rookie of the month in, in May. So, you know, like this is a guy that showed that he can play in the NBA level. How can you not play that well at the summer league? I think there's a disconnect there. Um, I'm not sure if the communication from the coaches is, hey, go out there, but don't don't go crazy either. Don't get hurt. So they're kind of taking a step back. I'm not sure. But for sure, I expected a lot more from Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton. Yeah, I think that – so they weren't, giving the, they weren't given the opportunity to play in Summer League last season. Um, so that's why they're playing, you know, Summer League this season. But I think for them – that we know that RJ Hampton can play in the NBA. We know Cole Anthony can play in the NBA. So with them is what is it that they're focusing on? Mm-hmm. And I think that especially with summer league veterans, um, you know, they they go in there with with a game plan and to work on specifics. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a, a team game, but you know, these players are also trying to develop their skill. Um, so I believe that the way that we're viewing Cole Anthony is not what we're really going to get in the season. We're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, how if we feel like this is a concern or whatnot. Um, but I think that everyone just needs to relax. Um, they had they haven't been playing all that great. Um, but I think that's that's not there's no need to ring the fire alarm just yet. Now yeah. going into into Cavs 94-84. Cavs ended up getting us by 10. All right. This was our first look at you know Evan Mobley. And this is uh, the, the battle of the top five picks, as he stated. You know, Sun, uh, Suggs had a really good game, 16 points. You know, he had eight rebounds, five assists, one steal. Had this really, really nasty put-back dunk that he had in the middle of the game that everyone went crazy. Um, and then Wagner had a, a better overall game. And, you know, this game, he uh, completely different from game one. We actually got to see a little bit of his potential. 
scored 10 points, three rebounds, and he definitely looked way more confident than game one. What are some of the things that you saw from, from game two? What are some of the things that excited you about game two? Uh, I mean, go, going into it, we knew Mobley against Suggs was going to be all the attention, right? It was going to be the, the, the fun matchup. <clears throat> and even though the Caps won the game, I still think Suggs looked better than Mobley overall. And Suggs still looked like the better player out there. Um, he, missed, he missed some easy shots that he should have made. So those 16, 14 points should have really been more like 20, in my opinion. But other than that, he, he looked confident. He still looked like the best guy out there. Suggs, um, again, and he, he continues through those two first games to look like the better player, no matter who the competition is. Um, but Mobley impressed me. He shot the ball better than I would have expected. Um, it was a fun matchup, you know. I feel like Wagner did his best against him, against him but Mobley is a bit taller. He is a little more physical, um, so he got the better of him in that end. Um, but it was good to see Wagner bounce back. He looked more confident. He shot the ball, the ball better in that game. And again, defensively, he made, he made an impact on the court. Um, so definitely a, a positive sign that fight, despite the fact that the Magic shot the ball really, really poorly. And that's truly what cost him that game. Yeah, the biggest thing for me for this game is I wanted to see, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that, you know, the performance that we saw from Jalen Suggs wasn't just a, a one-time deal. Um, I wanted to see that kind of, you know, be consistent and also carry over to the second game. And we definitely got that. Um, I wanted to see uh, Wagner play a little a little better. Uh, was I was hoping that you know game one was more of you know the the nervousness first time got that out of the way and we were able to see improvement. So I, I thought that you know regardless of the score um, because it's summer league as much as we definitely want to win, it's not really about wins or losses. It's summer league, um, so I, I'm not putting too much concern in into losing to the Cavs by ten. Um, I got what I wanted to see out of it, um, which were, you know, good performance from you know, our two draft picks. But again, you know, really, really tough, tough night for Cole Anthony, a little struggles from RJ Hampton also, um, which kind of leads us to carry over to tonight's game, uh, Magic Celtics. And it was a ass whooping. Hmm. Um, so thoughts on the Magic Celtics? Only thoughts I have is it may be the last of sucks that we see, unfortunately, in Summer League. Um, I posted it on the HQ page, and it seems like, unfortunately, he hurt his hand on the previous game. And then on the on a drive to the basket again today, he kind of fell awkwardly, might have re-injured that hand. Um, thankfully, it's his left hand, not his shooting hand. But it was enough for the Magic to shut him down the rest of the game, even though afterwards... Josh Robbins said that the whole plan was to only play the regular guys only the first half. So who knows? Maybe he is fine after all, and he just the plan wasn't to play him either way. Um, but definitely not a, not a sight that we want to have after the, the season that we had last year. So many injuries, so many things going down for us in a negative way, and then sucks going down and holding his hand. Not what we wanted to see. Um, so that's all I can take away from this game. Unfortunately, again, not a good game at all. We didn't shoot the ball well. I kept I kept tweeting like I don't know what's going on with the offense, but our coach talks about pace, space, and playing with the pass. He keeps saying that every single press conference. I don't know about you, but in my opinion, man, I haven't seen any of that through three games so far. The playing with the pass, especially like it's a lot of one-on-one basketball. It's a lot of hey, call Anthony, go out there and show me what you got. Okay, you've had your turn, RJ, you go now. And it's not fun to watch. It, it seems that way. You watch the Celtics tonight, 
that's a team, man. That team moved the ball well, hit three-pointers, cut to the basket, night and day, and he showed him the score. Yeah, today's game was was really tough to watch, even like from the beginning tip-off. It, it was, you know, sloppy. It was real sloppy. And um, it, it took us a solid, like, two minutes to to put a score on the board. And I think our first points was off of a... Uh, Jalen uh, Suggs free throw, and so it, it took us it took us a minute to get there. Um, now, when it when it comes when it comes to, and we kind of expected it in advance um, because this was their their second game or their their back to back game. Um, we we were kind of surprised that they were even in the starting lineup. Um, now, the part that kind of scares me a little bit with Jalen Suggs. Is that one of the major thing? One of the major things I've noticed in the summer league games that he is on the floor a lot. Like, and, and I think that that's that's kind of part of that that football, you know, skill set uh, skill set that he kind of brought over to the basketball side is that you know he's okay with the contact. He's throwing his body up there. He plays really physical. What scares me is the fact that it's like it, it seems like it's too physical um, because this dude is like really like. He's he's taking the tough. He's taking tough shots. Like, and when we we want you to be protected, man. We don't want you to get hurt. We don't want you to get injured. We we've seen too much of that. Like way too much. So I'm gonna need I'm gonna need him to tone that down a little bit. Like a lot of bit because with him already, you know, uh, injuring because it, it looked like he he was already wearing like a like a. What was it like tape around like the wrist tape. already? Yeah. And when he down kind of niching in a little bit, you can tell that he was kind of protecting or touching and rubbing it. Um, so the minute that he had that really nasty nasty fall and you know, we saw the injury, you know, we we kind of already knew like all right, this is a wrap. And granted, we've already and I, I posted this earlier, like shut this man down. He's already acclimated to the NBA. Let's hold him off until the NBA training camp. Um, and, and, you know, we, we wait on that, but, you know, last thing we want is to have our number five draft pick Jalen Suggs, the future of the Orlando magic, you know, end up hurting himself a little bit more. And and we really don't get to, you know, start working on that potential and, and, you know, his growth and development with the young group. Yeah. And just so you, I don't know if you've seen the documentary. Uh, I think you sent it to me actually. Um, with Jalen documentary, man. Yeah. So that documentary yeah. kind of opened my eyes. It was something to do with the Under Armour. Oh, he I know he he was the ending of it was he went to play against Stephen Curry in Stephen Curry camp, uh, in, in that tournament that they do. But my point with the documentary is if you haven't seen it, you can check it out on YouTube. But the point of it is in that documentary, he fell a lot and he took some major blows. He was, hurt, he was hurt a lot, man. Yeah, that, that was so. It was it was the AU tournament that he had that was leading up to the Steph Curry camp. Yes, and I think that he hurt himself like, you know, three or four times during that documentary. And it was the same and, thing. It was the way yeah. he he took some major shots. I mean, he's super aggressive. Like I say, the football side of things, you can definitely see it on his defensive approach. You can see it. So when you're talking about that right now, it, it brought that to mind. I'm like, wait, the way that he's playing in summer league reminds me a lot of what I saw in those videos, which is he's going a thousand percent. He's going, you know, would you love to see that? You do. But he's not, I don't know, the way he falls, I don't know what it is. It's not like, I feel like Markel, the way that he lands, it's like a pro. Like he, he knows how to land, how to protect his knees. Unfortunately, we know what he had heard last year, but normally he lands well. DJ Augustine, same thing, small frame, but he knows how to, how to, how to protect his body. 
I feel with Jalen Suggs, he just slants, man. And he just, you, you always, every time he falls, I'm like, oh, man. But I think it goes back to that video that I watched on that documentary. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that stuff that he's going to learn, you know, along the way. And if we're seeing, if we're seeing that as fans, you can only imagine that the front office is, is thinking the exact same thing. Yes. Um, but the kid's going to be special, man. Uh, after the, the loss against the Cavaliers, um, right after the game, you can see that, you know, while he was getting in line to, you know, give daps to the other team, um, that, you know, he had his head down and you can tell like, you know, losing that game would really upset him. Like losing a summer league game, you know, really, you know, got under his skin. And I think that, you know, that's that's rejuvenating. And from from a fan perspective, you wanna see that. Um his, his, his there was talks on um, you know, after his really his first game, there was a clip after the game that, you know, it showed Cole Anthony, you know, kind of making a face at somebody and for a split second it looked like he was giving that face to Jalen Suggs and it looked like you know, he wasn't happy with Jalen Suggs playing as well as he did, which wasn't, we know that that's not the case, but people were already saying that there's, there's friction. And I wanted, I wanted to be clear. Like I didn't, one, I didn't see it from that perspective Two, They ended up posting a video of them in a van, you know, singing to 50 cent like together. Uh, I, I think that what's great about Jalen Suggs is that he has a very infectious personality that wants to bring out the best out of everyone around him. Uh, you can already tell he has a really positive attitude, but most important is that he has a winning mindset. And I think that we we saw that. If he doesn't play another game in summer league and we don't see him um, until the the start of the season, at the very least, we know that we got a player that that wants to win enough to where if he doesn't win, then like his whole entire day is ruined. Yeah, you got a competitor. That I mean, we keep hearing that word when the front office describes him, and you can definitely see why. Like this kid loves to win. He plays a thousand. Again, like I said earlier, he plays at a thousand miles per hour. But yeah, in a composed way, he wants to win, and, and you love to see that from from a guy that we are seeing now as a guy that's going to lead this franchise going forward. So um, that's great to see. Yep. Now, great. We saw we saw Cole Anthony. We saw RJ Hampton. We saw. Um, Suggs, we saw Wagner, but we we have another player that kind of stole the show a little bit. Giannis Timma. Is it Giannis or Janice? So. Janice Timma. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you're not familiar with Janice Timma, which is almost damn near impossible that you're not familiar, but we know that this was a player that was drafted back in 2013 by the Memphis um, Grizzlies. It was picked 60th in the second round. And his draft rights ended up getting traded to Orlando um, back in the Rob Hennigan days um, in a trade that um, happened for Luke Ridnour. You remember Luke? I do. Good times, man. Good times. <laughs> so, I mean, listen, Jan- Janice, it's hard not to see this dude on the court. All right. He is tatted up to the sleeves, uh, bleach blonde hair. Like there's comparisons to to Eminem. There's com, <laughs> there's com, uh, comparisons to Game of Thrones. Like it's impossible not to see this guy. But you know he's he he was impressive, man. It wasn't just the looks. It was it was a little more than that. He he gravitated your attention. But this dude was was hustling, grabbing rebounds, shooting really good from behind the arc. Um, were you impressed with Janice? 
Um, he's, he, he got my attention for sure. So especially game one. I'm going to say enough, that enough to sign him over Devin Kennedy. Oh man. Now you, you play me now. <laughs> I'm going to say this though. Like the guy has size shooting hustles, plays hard, all the good things you want to see in a guy that is a 15th roster spot guy or the other two way contract. Would he settle for that? Who knows? But if he's okay with that, I wouldn't mind him seeing him in the roster. Now, let me ask you this though. Game one, he looked great. We all got our he got our attention. Magic Twitter was going crazy. But game two and three so far, I haven't been impressed. Like I don't know where he has been, but that shot hasn't been there. The hustle hasn't been there. Um, so I think it was a great story, game one. After that, it was like, all right, he we kind of went back down to earth and we're back to normal again. So I don't know. I I feel like he got my attention, but then he hasn't done anything else to keep my attention, if that makes any sense. He's a fan favorite now, man. How do you now respect the fan favorite? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I, know. I, like, I like the fact that he still, like, we at least had the opportunity. You know, this this dude has been, you know, playing internationally. He's 29 years old. So, you know, he's he's he got drafted a really, really long time ago. Yep. And, you know, Rob Hannigan at least you know, made an effort to at least have a draft, a draft and stash type player. Um, and the fact that, you know, the magic front office decided to, uh, when, when they were doing their, their Euro trip, take the time to at least have a conversation, have dinner with the guy and, you know, an opportunity came up and they gave him opportunity to see what you have. Um, I thought he did solid, you know, they, during game two, there was a moment where he was, you know, he was playing center. Yeah, or he was playing mm-hmm. as as a big man with the starting, the rest of the starting four that we had. So the Magic were clearly getting a really really good look at him. Um, I think that you know he, you know at first maybe they weren't expecting an opportunity, but I think that you know he does have a chance. Yeah, again for that fifteenth roster spot or that second two way contract, I don't mind it one bit. I think it's a guy that again does I think what that guy will be asked to do, which is play hard in practice. And do what he needs to do, but again, I wouldn't mind it. I I, I hope we kind of go that way. But uh, the Magic are also known for wanting to have that 15th roster spot open and not use it. So we'll see the way which way they go. I mean, we also have so we have a roster spot open, but we also have a two way spot. Could be an opportunity. Yeah, I think as long as he's okay with that, because again, this guy is, is a good player in Europe. His wife, I've learned today. It's like a superstar uh, singer out there in, in in Russia, is it? Um, but yeah, it's just and like five million. That's a one reporting from the uh, from the broadcast. Yeah, that's the only thing I've learned in two days listening to them. I'm gonna say that, <laughs> but, but um, she has like five million followers on Instagram, so she's a big and they deal. They made out sure there. they made sure to add. <laughs> this is a crazy thing. Like they made sure to add during during the broadcast that. His uh, his his girl has more followers than Markel Fultz. Like, why why are we adding so much knowledgeable information during the broadcast? Like, it's too much information. Like, it's too much. Like, I feel smarter already. <laughs> That's right. But my point with her is, you know, could she be okay coming to Orlando and then possibly having to go to Lakeland? I mean, being a hotel in Lakeland for a few months. I don't know. The so la- the hotels <laughs> in Lakeland are nice, man. Don't don't rag down on the hotels in Lakeland. <laughs> <laughs> the drive know, from Orlando to Lakeland isn't it's not that bad. It's not that bad. That's so, gonna I be mean, interesting. I mean, listen, let's just add this to our, our pass and shoot segment. When it comes to Janice Timma, are you are you passing or shooting on him? Are, are you offering him a contract? 
I'm going to shoot for the fun of it. The fan base wants him. The fun the fan base likes him already. He's a fan favorite. I wouldn't mind seeing him at Amway when we're down a few 15, 20 points. He comes in and does something. But um, for the fun of it, I wouldn't mind it. Now, if there's a guy out there that deserves him more, in my opinion, or if there's a, a guy that battles it out and earns a contract over him, I'm okay with that too. So in my opinion... I'm in the middle. I'm I'm 50-50 with it. How about you? Yeah, I I can see the fan base. I can see why they like him that much. I can see why you would want to add him. Um, Would I want to add him to the team? Sure. Why not? Um, At the same time, do I think that we will? I don't think that we will. I don't think Um, so. I think I kind of lead. I'm leaning towards more of, of, you know, Josh Robbins in his his latest article said, you know, an avenue or route that can be taken would be, you know, trading his his rights to you know a future second round pick. That way, you at least have something you know later on. And I think that that to me sounds way more realistic. I don't I don't see them filling that 15 spot. So yeah, that pass. makes more sense. Um, next one: Are we concerned with Cole Anthony due to his poor play in summer league? Pass or shoot? No, uh, I'm going to pass on that simply because in the NBA, when he starts playing with Markel again and J.I. and Terrence Ross and all these guys that he already knows his chemistry with. And we're running better plays. I'm going to say that because, again, right now it's just a matter of giving him the ball and saying, call, go make something happen. That's not going to happen when we go into actual live games. Um, so, no, I'm not concerned. I saw enough of him towards the end of last season when he played really solid basketball. He, he got better each month that the season went on. So, no, he's proven that he can play in the NBA. He proved that he improved his shot. As the season went along, again, right now it's it's just weird, unusual basketball for him. Where again, he's being asked to just one on one create something. That's that won't be the case next season in the NBA. Yeah, man, it's a super pass. Yeah, I need to stop disrespecting Cole Anthony, man. Cole Anthony is that dude. He's a baller. Um, I mean, did he did he not prove that already last season? Like the dude's career high as a rookie is thirty seven points in a game. He had two game winning shots. Like there you go. What what more does he have to do? Are we really gonna gonna take you know a couple bad games in summer league and completely eliminate everything we saw last season? You know, it's 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 great. We're all excited about Jalen Suggs. I'm excited about Jalen Suggs, but come on now. Let's not let's not discredit Cole Anthony. The That's dude right. balled out for us last season. Um, I know that in the beginning it was a little rough when Markel went down, but come on. He'll be fine. Let's not, let's not let's not be disrespectful. Let's not let's can we can we at least give him the benefit of the doubt? Can we do that? That's the least we could do. I mean, he's he proved that in game season one with no practice, no summer league, no nothing. This guy was like thrown out there. On top of that, he gets hurt in the middle of the season, and then he comes back and wins two games for you, drops thirty seven points, shoots the ball better as the season goes along. Again, there's nothing to worry about. Again, yeah, this is why he, I hate summer league because. It could, it could lead to a lot of hype and excitement yeah. for one player, but it could also lead to like, what the heck's going on with those other guys? When like, I'm talking, I'm talking about people are being damn disrespectful. Yeah, like people are saying that you know, lethal shooter. We need the money back for for Cole Anthony, and, <laughs> and that don't don't be don't be that guy. Don't Come be on. that guy. Yes, the the shooting could be a lot better. Yes, relax. Everything's gonna be okay. Um, Jonathan Isaac. So Jeff Waltman gave us an update that, you know, Jonathan Isaac and both Markel Fultz, um, they're doing really good with their recovery. And they said that Jonathan Isaac shot 
has has improved this offseason. Obviously, we know how the Orlando Magic function, and they never give a timeline. They never say, you know, Jonathan Isaac is going to be ready in, in the start of the season. Game one, they won't say it. Nope. But based on the limited amount of data that we have received from this front office because they run their organization like it's a damn CIA, what are your thoughts? Do you pass or shoot? Do you believe that Jonathan Isaac uh, will be in uniform starting night? I'm shooting that three-point shot, and yes, that's gonna be, it's going to be a good shot, too. It's no way he's not out there game one of opening night. Heck, preseason, for that matter. Um, J.I. got hurt August of last year. That's going to be a whole pretty much 14 months from the time he got hurt that our first preseason game will be played. Um, I don't see why he wouldn't be out there. His knee should be already 100% healed. You got to get through, through through that mindset of, hey, you got hurt. You got to get him out there on the court feeling comfortable. So I think preseason will be crucial for him to get out there and play 15, 20 minutes and get the, the rhythm going again. Um, but yeah, without a doubt, he's going to be out there game one of preseason and be on the side of the lineup. Um, ah, man, this one, this one's tough for me because I can see Jonathan Isaac, um, definitely playing. I can also see us not playing him. You know, we've already done the whole kind of rushing him back, but we're not rushing him, but we still kind of rush him. We did that. There's no, there's literally zero reason for us to do that. And I think that we've gotten to a point that, you know, Jonathan Isaac can't be a hundred percent. Like that's not enough. Like we, we need him to be. 150 percent ready like we need to make sure that uh that injury doesn't happen again we don't we don't force nothing at all my hopes this is my hope is that jonathan isaac and markel fultz are not playing in the start of the season i would much rather them you know wait a little bit for a couple reasons um i want to be able to see uh jalen suggs get that experience cole anthony get that experience early on uh, Franz Wagner get that experience early on, um, and I'm okay with waiting for Jonathan Isaac and Mark. So I'm okay with not rushing nothing at all. We've already spent like this whole entire time without Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz, and I'll be honest with you, it sucks. But I would rather wait what an extra maybe a month, two months, than having to go a whole nother season without them too, because we've already done that. And it is brutal. We don't want to do that again. So I'm going to go with pass. I hope that it's pass. Um, I hope that it's not extended. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but I hope that we we take our sweet time like we always do. Yeah, I just, my thing is this, though. Like, in today's NBA, an ACL tear, like on most NBA players right now, it's 10 months. On, on, a, on a, like, in a worst case scenario, it's between tw- 10 to 12 months. But lately, it's been more like 10 months. If you don't have J.I. out there 13, 14 months after the injury still, man, I don't know what, what that says to the fan base, what that says to, to everyone about our medical team. But Markel, I was shocked when I heard recently that he may be ready for opening night. That really surprised yeah, me. Like because that, they, they, were, they were saying more like towards December. Yeah, they were last. saying they were saying uh, January up to trade right. deadline. Yes, February. I'm like, all right, that makes a little sense. I think December is realistic. I mean, October will be amazing for the fan in me. So, Markel, I understand, but I think I just feel like JI, man, it's been a long, long time. And don't forget, 
yes, he tore his ACL. But the way that it happened again, it was similar to Markel. It's one of those freak injuries where had he not been in the game in that moment, who knows what our, our, our magic basketball trajectory would have been like after that game. Because again, that can happen to anyone. That can happen to any player cutting to the basket. That's why I hate those uh, Eurostep moves. Um, so unless he gets rid of those moves altogether, which I kind of hope he does. Yeah, they are forbidden to do any I, Eurosteps. I, I just, again, it's a good move and all, but None of that. so many players get hurt with it. So I don't know. That's why I feel like if he's ready, man, let's not, it becomes mental after a while. And I don't want it to be the case for him. I want him to come back, play basketball and step out there and, and, and get maybe 15, 20 minutes the first night, maybe 20, 25 the next, maybe do that. But to just sit him down on the bench while he knows he's ready, it can become a mental issue for him down the road. And I don't want that for him. Yeah. All right. So next one, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this one. Just quick thoughts on it. Coach Clifford, he ends up signing on as a as a coaching consultant for the Brooklyn Nets. He finally gets a job. For those of you calling him homeless, he got a job. <laughs> um, will he win an NBA ring with the Brooklyn Nets? The LeBron hater in me says, shoot, the reality is probably pass. Um, that's, I'm going to keep it as simple as that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say pass also. I, I just, bro, I, I feel like when it comes to when it comes to the NBA, I feel like the the teams that are that we're kind of all thinking are going to win the championship, right? You got the Lakers, you got Brooklyn. I mean, sure we'll we'll throw a team like you know Miami, whatever. But I feel like they're they're there's they're they get hurt all the time. They're like look look at Brooklyn, like how many how much collective time has like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, have lost due to injury and Harden. Same with the Lakers. So I, I'm gonna go pass. I, I think, I think healthy Brook, um, he- healthy, excuse me, healthy Bucks are gonna end up taking it back. All right, Jalen Suggs, is Jalen Suggs the best and most prepared rookie that the Magic have drafted since Dwight Howard? Without a doubt. So I'm gonna shoot on that. Um, I mean, from a hype standpoint and from an impact on the court, I'm gonna tell you he is that guy. Um, I mean, go back to every single draft, maybe all of Depot, but not even. I don't feel like I felt that way about him. Aaron Gordon either. His Sonja, like Mario, not even. Um, most recently, J.I., no. We knew who was a project. Mo Bamba was a project. Okiki was definitely a project. So really, when you think about it, we haven't had a guy come in with us knowing that, hey, this guy's going to be ready to play day one and make an impact day one. Cole Anthony, we knew a little bit, but same thing. No summer league rushed season we knew he wasn't going to be ready this is a guy man i feel like this guy is ready to start game one and he's a guy that for me can average easily 50 15 plus points five assists and maybe three four rebounds a game in his rookie season so without a doubt it's, it's in my opinion the most impactful and the most ready rookie we've drafted since dwight yeah i'm, I'm kind of just looking at the names kind of as a as a refresher and we're looking at it, friends. Fran Vasquez, JJ, you got JJ Reddick, Corny Lee, uh, Victor Oladipo, Aaron Gordon, Mario Hazonia. Are you are you are you laughing? Are you laughing at Fran Vasquez? <laughs> Jonathan Isaac, uh, Mo Bamba, Chuma, Cole Anthony. I mean, Jalen Suggs is easily a player that we knew that you know when we drafted him. You know he's he's ready to to be imp- <laughs> what what's going on? What is wrong with friends? friends I'm dying. <laughs> are you 
you're upset that I even brought it up. Is that what it is? Listen, oh man. Listen. Franz Vasquez, if he would have been drafted <laughs> and actually like played for the magic, like they say from the articles I've read that he would have really helped out Dwight Howard. That's what they say, man. I'm sorry I brought it up. But yeah, J- Jalen Suggs, 100%, when I'm looking at the names, um, definitely the most prepared, someone that you're able to plug and play and is ready to go. Stop, <laughs> knock, stop knocking for the Vasquez, man. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, man, final, final thoughts, man. Final thoughts. Uh, finish pretty season healthy, man. Don't get hurt. Just I, I want to see Jalen Suggs out there on Sunday against Jalen Green. No, 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 show chill, down. Chill, That's chill. it. We're show playing down. against Jalen oh, Green. Like, listen, you know, you know, Houston. They they're not going to play Jalen Green like that either. It's the it's the end of summer league. Well, how about this? If they play Jalen Green, you play Jalen Suggs. I don't care if it's for a few quarters, but I want to see that matchup, man. That, that's gonna be fun to watch. Um, that's my only takeaway from this. It's, it's don't get hurt. Just finish it. Get it over with. Um, I'm ready for for training camp. I'm ready for preseason. That's I'm already there. Um, just don't get hurt. Yeah, my summer league experience, in my opinion, I I am satisfied with what I've seen. I'm ready to shut it all down. Let's get done with summer league. Um, let's let's kind of put our focus on training camp also, and and kind of get this get the season started. Um, I think all in all, you can really say that you know, as a Magic fan, you know, we're we're confident that we're we're heading in the right direction with Jalen Suggs. Like Jalen Suggs should give you that confidence that. You know we're we're in a way better position than we thought we were going to be in. Hundred percent. I agree. Now, but I've closing question for you: Should the Magic bring up Fran Vasquez um, to the summer league next season? Oh, <laughs> I mean, we already back Janet Timmer. So, oh man, bring all the oldies back. How old is Fran Vasquez? No, I'm not even going to do that to myself. Don't even bother. That's it. That's rap. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's rap, man. Thank you guys for listening. Again, sorry about last week and not having that episode, um, but we're definitely back. We're healthy. We're ready to go. It's a wrap, man. We'll see you. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Ozone Pod, and remember to subscribe and leave a five star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.